listening to Snow Life, a National Post podcast featuring true tales of the Canadian winter. I'm Monica Orzeka. This week, we're looking at all the ways the cold weather can get us down, whether it's a dark day or a nasty case of the flu. Winter is synonymous with all kinds of ailments, and I grew up in a household where garlic, chicken soup, and tea with lemon and honey could cure just about everything. But what can actually make you better, whether it's the winter blues or a very bad cold? Tristan Hopper breaks it all down for us. Like any other unpleasant annual ordeal that everyone hates, winter has generated scores of myths on how to make it pass more pleasantly. Here is a roundup of some of winter's worst quack science, old wives' tales, and urban legends. Myth 1. Vitamin D pills will make you happier. If you've spent too much time listening to your hippie friend, Destiny, you may think that vitamin D supplements are a miracle pill that prevent heart disease, cure cancer, and ward off seasonal depression. But there's only one scientifically proven thing that vitamin D can do. Make your bones stronger. That's it. Now, it's true that about one-third of Canadians aren't getting enough vitamin D, but if you're popping vitamin D pills, you're probably dramatically overdosing which can carry its own health risks. So unless a doctor is recommending supplements, just try to drink more milk and get some sun. Myth 2. Vitamin C will cure a cold. There's a sordid history behind why you might falsely think that vitamin C cures colds. Linus Pauling, one of the founders of molecular biology, was one of the most accomplished scientists of the 20th century. But starting in the 1960s, he embarked on a bizarre and extremely unscientific crusade to convince the world that high doses of vitamin C was a miracle substance that could prevent everything from cancer to AIDS to the common cold. Researchers put his theories to the test and rapidly found out that they were completely BS. Tellingly, vitamin C was unable to prevent Pauling from getting prostate cancer, and that's what killed him. So unless you have a wintertime case of scurvy, vitamin C is not going to make you feel any better. Cold FX probably won't make you feel any better either, but that's for a class action lawsuit to decide. Myth 3. Going outside with wet hair will make you sick. According to legend, if you wash your hair and immediately step outside into the winter air, you might as well be wearing a giant disease sponge on your head. This is one of a whole pile of myths dating back to the Middle Ages which blame cold weather for causing colds. But a cold is a virus. The weather can't give you a virus. Where a link may exist, however, is that cold can weaken the body and allow any existing cold viruses swimming around in the bloodstream to attack. So if anything, going outside with wet hair is no different than anything else that weakens your immune system. Losing sleep, drinking too much, or hitting the donuts too hard. Myth 4. Most of your body heat escapes through your head. This is a myth we can blame on the Americans. According to a U.S. Army survival guide from the 1970s, you can lose 40 to 45 percent of body heat from an unprotected head. The math there is quite wonky. It roughly means that if you step outside without a toque, it's about the same as stepping outside completely naked except for a balaclava. The human head is indeed a giant, hole-filled, fleshy ball that loses heat faster than most of the rest of the body. But the rate is only about 10%. Myth 5. Starve a fever, feed a cold. (coughs) 
This one is obviously wrong. The myth dates from the 16th century and is based on the notion that the human body is a kind of furnace fueled by food. Thus, if someone has a fever, you simply cut the amount of fuel going into their belly and the temperature goes down. But of course, your body needs sustenance to fight any disease. So whether it's a fever or a cold, just keep eating. H-Y-G-G-E. I'm not going to pronounce it, but some people think this Danish word is the key to surviving winter with a smile on your face. Emily Jackson spoke with a happiness expert from Denmark to get a better understanding of a Nordic take on winter wellness. Winter makes a lot of people miserable. So why do the Scandinavians seem so damn happy? Their winters can be just as long and dark and miserable as the ones in Canada. In the last few years, one word has kept cropping up as a possible reason. Huga. So it's an old Danish-Norwegian word. Basically, it's these moments or these ex- experiences where we uh, enjoy sort of simple pleasures in life, you know, where we are relaxed, when we are together with other people, when the atmosphere in the room is nice. Um, so it's about togetherness, it's about quality, it's about gratitude, it's about simple pleasures. That's Mike Viking. He's the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute in Denmark. He also wrote the little book of Hygge, The Danish Way to Live Well. Hygge is often associated with winter, mulled wine, cozy socks, and fireplaces. But it goes beyond that. So, I mean, Hygge happens throughout the year. You know, it can also be Hygge to go on a picnic with your friends, you know, in the evening time by the beach or something like that. But... It happens throughout the year, but it's it's it seems like almost a survival strategy for winter. So it's a way to make the best of the long, dark, lousy months of the year where we are forced indoors and, and can sort of be outdoors. One easy step to make things more pleasant in Hugo, candles. It's something the Danes know a lot about. We burn a lot of candles. Uh, so, <laughs> so remember, we are direct descendants of Vikings. So we like things that burn, you know, candles, fireplaces, villages. It's all good. Danes, we, we, we actually we have the highest consumption of candle wax in Europe. Uh, it is twice as high as number two, which is Austria. And so we put candles in the house. We put candles actually also at the office uh, at the Happiness Research Institute. We have candles at the office uh, because it's it's comforting. It's it gives a nice light. It gives a nice atmosphere. So that's a, a concrete step in order to uh, to get a little bit more hygge is to light some candles. Hygge is getting to be a bit of a big deal. There have been countless books and articles and how-to guides. So what's with our obsession with Danish secrets to happiness? Oh, I think there are several reasons for that. I think there is more and more uh, focus on the Nordic countries. I think there's more and more awareness that those countries are doing something right in terms of delivering quality of life for people. Um, secondly, I think with Hugo, what uh, we did and why so many people have embraced it is that, that we essentially gave a name to something people were perhaps already experiencing. Um, so I remember a, a lot of a lot of readers have written me saying that I've been having Hugo all my life. I just didn't know there was a word for it. What we did with the word and with the sort of the, the books and the, the universe around it was just to give people a way to appreciate something they were already doing. Other Nordic countries are playing catch up in North America with lifestyle catchphrases. 
Finland has free let's live, which embraces the outdoors regardless of weather. And from Sweden, there's lagom, which focuses on balance and moderation in life. Is that why Nordic countries consistently top the World Happiness Report? Is it the skiing and the cozy sweaters? I don't think it's the biggest explanation. I think the biggest explanation for the high levels of happiness in the Nordic countries is the welfare state and that there is a lot of investment in the public good and that, you know, free university education, free healthcare and all that. I think, you know, equal opportunities for men and women, I think that drives the the high levels of happiness. But uh, I think it helps on a sort of day-to-day basis to focus on simple pleasures, to focus on togetherness, to focus on immaterial things as Hugo is having those experiences on a daily basis will also help people uh, over time experience higher levels of life satisfaction. As Canadians grumble through our winters, I asked Mike if there was anything we can learn from Scandinavia to get happier. Uh, but don't be too hard on yourself. I mean, you are you are always in the top 10 of the World Happiness Report and there's 155 countries in that one. So, you know, don't beat yourself up. You're doing fine. You're in the top 10. You're beating the U.S. That's the important thing. You are the American Scandinavian country. So uh, so I think, you know, that's, you're, you're doing well. You're doing well. Top 10 isn't too shabby. Maybe the next trend when it comes to winter survival and guides to a happy life will come out of Canada. Forget the glowing red numbers on your clock radio or the angry beeping of your smartphone. We're starting to see the dawn of a new alarm clock. Or at least that's what believers in sunrise clocks or wake-up lights will have you believe. These new clocks have a somewhat cult-like following among Canadians who say they make waking up on dark winter mornings significantly less terrible. I spoke with Chris Ryder, an early adopter in the Yukon, to see what the fuss was about. The morning we spoke, the sun wasn't up in Whitehorse until after 9 a.m., and the temperature was minus 38 degrees. Getting up here in the middle of winter when it's it's dark, it's, it's really hard. You just don't want to wake up. Uh, getting out of bed is a challenge, and you, by the time you go to work, it's still dark. It's it's awful, but the tools you can get to help with that are definitely uh, really make a big difference. Here he is explaining how the wake-up light works. We have one of those uh, those Phillips wake-up lights, which is seriously one of the best things I think I've ever bought when it comes to surviving the Yukon winter. Uh, every morning it's set that it has one of those uh, sunlight Mode. So every morning around 6.30, the, uh, it starts orange and starts getting gradually brighter. And every morning, I usually wake up as it starts to uh, get a little bit light. So I, I don't even wake up with the alarm anymore. I just wake up because the room is getting brighter. It is the difference between waking up uh, depressed and struggling out of bed and actually having a little bit of energy in the morning despite the, the dark outside. There's some research backing up Chris's feelings about the light. A 2013 study suggests that using a light that mimics the dawn 30 minutes before waking up improved people's mood and cognitive performance that entire day. Some British coaches even handed out the lights to help athletes with early morning practices. There are a few people at the National Post office that swear by this light. I asked Chris if he managed to convert anyone. I've probably converted about five people so far, yeah. I am a little bit of an evangelist, I think. He sounded pretty happy overall. Maybe it was the alarm clock. Or maybe it was something else. I asked Chris if he had any other advice for getting through the dreary days of winter. I I lived in the Netherlands before I moved here. 
and uh, they have uh, what they call chizelik, uh, which is uh, kind of cozy. And so when you go into a pub or a restaurant in winter, uh, it's, it's nowhere near as bad as here, but they're usually cozy, they've got a fire going, and it's just that sense of coming in from the cold and, and, and being warm and, warm and, and comfortable. And I, I feel like that is definitely something that we could do better up here. Coming from Australia and having lived in Canada for the last 10 years, it, it's been a challenge, but at the same time, just getting out and enjoying the sunshine uh, when it's out there makes a big difference. And uh, that wake-up lamp, it's, it's, again, it's a bit of a lifesaver for me. That's it for this episode. Snow Life is produced by me, Monica Warzeka. Sound work, show theme, and logo by Bryce Hall. Technical support by John Richardson. Additional music from We Star Music. If you have any winter stories to share, reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook. You can subscribe to Snow Life on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Be sure to let us know what you think and leave us a review. Thanks for listening.